Let's turn to 2 Chronicles 34. 2 Chronicles 34. All right. All right, you've got what? 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles. So 2nd Chronicles 34. And we'll read those last few verses, 29 through 33. All right, 2nd Chronicles 34, 29 through 33 says this in the Word of God. Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. Remember, they were working on the temple there and they found the book. Amen. I'm glad it says we have found the book. That's got to be one of the most exciting uh, verses there. We have found the book. And that's why I want to stick with the old book, because I'm probably the modern translations are going to say, you know, we found the tablet or we found the iPad or something today. That's probably what they're going to, you know, they would just mess it up, wouldn't they? Amen. They found the book and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertain to the children of Israel. And made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank of all these prayer requests. Lord, the many physical needs. Lord, we thank of uh, Donna. Lord, we think of uh, Mike. We think of uh, Renata. We think of uh, uh, Allison. We think of uh, Sister Mark. And we think of Sonny and uh, Sister Sarah and just uh, Sister Carpenter and just many people among us with a great physical need. And Lord, we just ask you to touch and work miracles and give wisdom and Lord, give a great grace. And Lord, if it glorify you just to come by and Lord, uh, give miracles in those areas, please, Lord. We lay those things at your feet and we trust you with them. Lord, we pray with it for spiritual need. No doubt, Lord, uh, people that have been witness to this week, uh, maybe somebody even here listening in, uh, Lord, that needs to be saved or just needs some help and encouragement spiritually in their heart and life. And uh, just uh, help along the way, Lord, please help them in that area. Lord, uh, financial needs. Lord, we think of uh, Brother Mark and the job situation, uh, Joel and his job situation, and, and uh, others that have uh, a need in that area, whether it's uh, finances, a career, or Lord, the young people in school and uh, all that's going on there. Lord, please uh, help them. And Lord, we need you as a church, Lord. We're asking you and trusting you, God, to build your local church. Uh, Lord, please. Uh, do what only you can do. Except your word says, except the Lord, but a house they labor in vain. Dear God, we don't want to do that, but we're trusting you, uh, Heavenly Father, Lord God, to move and to do to your honor and glory. Now help each one, we pray, and as we look at this thought tonight, we pray that uh, Jesus would be glorified, that we'd get help, and uh, Lord, you'd build your local church again. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And so uh, uh, recently I, I started a, a, some thoughts about uh, what I was calling uh, leadership qualities, but really uh, qualities or traits uh, that, you know, every believer needs to have. And that if we have these, they'll make us uh, better individuals and uh, uh, give us, uh, you know, help us in our relationships uh, in working with people and trying to help people along the way. Now, uh, we've looked at character and we just looked at uh, commitment. And tonight, I want to look at this one, use the word <coughs> uh, 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 charisma, or you might say likability, right? Everybody wants to be liked. Is there anybody here that doesn't want to be liked? Maybe you don't want to like everybody, but you want everybody to like you, right? <laughs> Maybe you don't want to like everybody, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully you do. Hopefully you want to like everybody. But even people that don't want to like everybody still want people to like them, don't they? But hey, we need to be likable. And that's just, you know, of course, the ability, amen, to uh, get along with people or draw people to you. Or, you know, of course, uh, some people, you know, uh, have that uh, uh, naturally. You know, they just, uh, you know, seem to uh, be good with people. You know, even, even little kids sometimes, you just see them, they walk into a room and, and uh, light up a room. But if you don't have it, it's something that you can, you can, uh, you can work on. So, because I mean, ask me, when you're around people, do you prefer to be around people that are moody? Who likes to be around moody people? Uh, not me, unless that's their last name, right? Uh, anybody like to be around moody people? Uh, or, or insecure people, people that are nervous all the time, or people that are cynical, or, you know, people that get angry easy? Of course, we don't like to be around people like that. Most people like to be around others that, you know, uh, pay attention to them or listen to them or show appreciation for them or uh, try to be an encouragement to them, right? Or uh, just try to help people along the way. And, you know, and again, when meeting people, it's not just about making a first impression, even though we want it, we want, everybody wants to make a good uh, first impression. But it's really about, you know, when you're meeting people, being real and really caring uh, about people and, uh, and just, you know, and being consistent that way towards others because we know that God, what? God wants to, why are we here? For others. God wants to use us uh, in other people's lives. And just a, a side note here, I, I, I want to mention this about helping people. You know, I think recently here we saw a, a good example of team play. You know, I, I like team players. I like being part of a team. I like to see uh, the team work together. I think recently we saw a good example of that with Patrick that was here uh, Sunday. I was thinking about that today. And of course, uh, Amy met Patrick, what, a couple weeks ago now uh, at the YMCA. And I can read, she texted me or called me about him and encouraged uh, Patrick to speak to me and me to speak to Patrick. And so then, uh, so she talked to him and then I had the opportunity to talk to him and we got on the phone and we talked quite a while and he shared a lot with his, uh, about his life with me and things that he's uh, going through and we had a really good time uh, talking and so uh, we, we seemed to make a good connection on the phone and of course invited him to the services and of course I had met him so I didn't realize when he came into the and at the church, so I was surprised when he came forward at the invitation that he said his name was Patrick, and I'm, I'm glad my mind clicked real quick. Oh, this is Patrick, okay? We talked to him on the phone uh, recently, and then he came forward and wanted to know more about salvation on Sunday. And then, of course, uh, Brother Wood uh, took him to the back and talked with him about an hour or more, and seemed, uh, he seemed to, uh, Brother Adam said that he seemed to be serious and that uh, 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 made a profession of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal uh, 
uh, a savior. But what was exciting about uh, that is, you know, uh, Amy made the connection and then uh, I got to talk to him and then Brother Wood talked to him. And so uh, the thing is, you know, no, no one was trying to be seen or get the credit or, you know, well, I'm the one that met him. I want to be the one to lead him to the Lord. Well, I'm the one that talked to him on the phone. Well, I'm the one that greeted him at the door, you know, all that kind of uh, thing, you know, I mean, but, you know, people do get that foolish. Right. But it was just about what was it just about? It was just about helping someone to get to Jesus, you know, whoever made that connection or however it was made. And just, you know, just I'm just mentioning that since that was a recent thing of just, you know, teamwork in getting somebody the Lord or getting somebody the, the help that they need in their life. And so, you know, that's the way it ought to be. Again, I've said it before, we're not here to compete. We're here to what? We're here to complete, amen? Uh, uh, complete one another as a church and complete one another as believers and then help other people uh, become completed in Jesus Christ uh, through uh, the gospel. And so the main thing is, it's not about uh, Amy, it's not about me, it's about the Lord, amen? He did it all and he gets the glory, just like the Bible uh, says, right? Only one can give the increase. And so uh, that was just a, a blessing to see. And so, of course, we know we are to uh, witness and to give out the gospel. And uh, But, you know, sometimes we think that's the only thing we're supposed to do as Christians. Of course, it's supposed to be the main thing and be a priority, but, uh, but even uh, save people, right? Even save people need help in areas. I know sometimes, hey, listen, uh, I need encouragement. Sometimes I need, you know, uh, no people are praying for me or a little something, right? We all do. We all, we all need that. So as we look at that, and so God wants to use you to be a witness, but he also wants to use you to be a comforter to people. He wants to use you to be an encourager to people. That's why I emphasize those things a lot. And so God wants his children to be likable, even charismatic. Did you know? It's okay for a Baptist. I know we're known for being, right, uh, uh, stiff and stoic. I hope not. I hope not. But, you know, it's okay for a Baptist to be charismatic. I like that. Man, my pastor said that uh, we can be Baptist and charismatic. Uh, now, let's clarify that. Of course, I don't mean denominational or theological, right? Not in that. But to be likable and outgoing, it's okay. It's okay for Christians to be that way and to know how to connect with people. Right now, that doesn't mean you need to be uh, super outgoing all the time. But again, as we've talked about before, all believers should at least be approachable and be comfortable talking to people and going up to people and speaking with them. Right. It's okay to smile and laugh in church and all those good, good things. So and of course, we should. That's what we want to be known as as a church. Right. We can't be known for anything else. We should be we want to be known as the, the maybe the friendliest place in town for the right reasons. And of course, I think overall uh, we we do well. But we should always, as we've talked about recently, make an effort to be proactive in that. And I think that Patrick gave us. You told me Patrick gave us a good report. What did Patrick say when you saw him yesterday? Amen. Everybody, every every I like that. Everybody made him feel comfortable and welcome, and he wants to go back. And that's, that's what we want, right? Uh, almost stand in line to shake somebody's hand or greet them uh, on their way out. And, you know, of course, I see that. I see if somebody, you know, sometimes a lot of visitors, they're, 
they're, you know, want to be the first out the door. But once in a while, I'll see a visitor maybe one of the first out the door, but then I'll see somebody sort of, follow, sort of chase them down uh, to their car, not tackle them. We don't want to do that, right? But at least uh, uh, chase them down the car stuff and, you know, let them know that we're, we're really glad they came. And so if, if there was an issue, it wasn't from lack of effort, lack of effort. So as we look at Josiah here, in Josiah here, one of the great kings in the Bible, we see a good example of, uh, we see, as I said before, I enjoy reading books about leadership and all those things. And again, the Bible is the greatest book on those things. You want to learn how to be a good leader, a good people person, a good team player, you know, read. That's why it's important to read the Bible all the way through. And you'll see all those principles. You'll see all those characteristics in, in the Word of God. And Josiah is a good example of a, of a leader and also uh, a, a leader and obviously somebody uh, that knew how, to, knew how to deal with people. So in our scripture reading here, we see King Josiah, Josiah leading his people, of course, into a great celebration, as we'll see, of the Passover. And of course, he sets a great example here again of a great leader that is spiritual. That's the main thing. And then has a great influence upon his nation and people during his reign. Right. Of course, for the things of God. And it's evident he had a great many great attributes as a person. Right. As a person. And that and that under God's control. Right. He made an amazing difference in people's lives and being under God's control. That's the key. Hey, we can have a matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, called talent, talent is never enough, right? It's good if you have great attributes. It's good if you have a great person and all those things. But whatever we have, whatever we are, we want to be that under God's control because that's what's going to make the difference. Just, you know, having a great personality and just uh, being easygoing, those things are good. But, it, it, but to really help somebody, it has to be on a spiritual level, right? So not only do you have to make a connection with them and just, you know, with your personality or whatever it is, but the key is to make a connection with them in the spiritual realm. And so for that to happen, all those things have to be under God's control and guided by Him. Because being under God's control, if we have any natural abilities, well, we know they came from God. Well, since they came from God, right, we ought to put them under God's control, right? Because He, he allowed those things to be in our life. So being under God's control enhances our personality traits, if you will, that we have, or maybe bring, bring, helps bring them out. Or if maybe we, we need some help in some of those areas, uh, being under God's control can change us and help us in some of those areas. You know, you might have somebody, man, I've heard people say, oh man, before, before I got saved, I was, a, I was an introvert, I was shy. That's sort of my testimony. You know, I tell people I, I used to be shy. Nobody believes me. I say, oh, yeah, man, I used to be really shy. And then my wife, my mom brought me home from the hospital, and I don't know everything changed. But those first two days, I was really shy. Those doctors walk in the office, and I just go like this, right? But, uh, but you know, but listen, but when you know, because, you know, maybe you're an introvert or you're kind of, because you're looking at yourself and you're focused on yourself and you don't want to be embarrassed and all those things. But then, right, you get saved, and you're like, man, 
God wants to use me to make a difference in somebody's life. God has a will for me. And man, that, that, that excitement will start stirring you. That fire will start stirring you. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're going out on soul winning, maybe you're the, you're the guy that says, oh, well, you know, you go ahead. I'll be the prayer partner back here. Right. When really you're running for the car. Right. But the next thing you know, you're out there a few times and all of a sudden, well, you think I could try to talk to somebody one time. And next thing you know, man, a few months later, you're like, man, get out of my way. It's my turn to talk. Right. I've seen that happen. And that's exciting to see that change be made in somebody's life. But notice some things about Josiah and some good examples of leadership in his life. Notice again, verses 29 and 30. It says, Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the Levites, and all the people, great and small. So one thing we see here, a good leader is glad to be around people. Somebody who's over people, you know, you're about CEOs, you know, they're in their office, you know, they don't want nobody knocking on their door. Uh, that's not a, a good uh, a leader. Or, you know, I, I've been a member of good churches and I'd want to talk to one of the pastors or something. They'd say, well, you know, uh, you know, get with my secretary or get with this, or that. That drives me crazy. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, uh, you're a your pastor, I realize that sometimes you have things going on, but uh, should always be uh, uh, approachable. I realize, you know, you, you got things that you have to get done in life, too. But people should know that, hey, uh, that, that, that at least you're, when, when, when it works out, you're approachable and they can talk to you and, and uh, they can share what's going on in, in their uh, in their life. And here he is. He, he's king. But you see, hey, he, he enjoyed having he wanted He liked being around uh, the people, so he could set an example for them. And notice it says great and small. You know, he just didn't say a certain kind of people could be around him, but what he wasn't a respecter of, uh, of persons. Listen, uh, man, I pray, Lord, help us to never be a respecter of persons. I'm, uh, I can't remember, I might, I might have mentioned this a couple weeks ago to, about meeting Bill. I don't know if I, I thought I might have mentioned about, I was at a gas station. And uh, uh, as I was coming out of the gas station, this, this guy, I could tell he looked kind of uh, homeless and he had a, he had a few uh, cans of beer in the bag or whatever. And, you know, it was, I don't even know if it was noon yet. And I walked up to him and I know he just like when I saw him, man, just like something touched my heart, man. I said, I got to go talk to that guy. And uh, so I walked up and I said, hey, sir, how you doing? I said, what's your name? He said, Bill. I said, hey, my name's Jeff Stewart, man. I grabbed his hand. I said, man, so good to meet you, Bill. How you doing today? What's going on? And he said, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, he's like, I'm, you know, put set, you know, there are, put set, uh, I'm staying over here, whatever. I said, oh, man, Bill, I said, what you got in that bag? I said, Bill, you don't need that stuff. I said, I said, I got two brothers that are dead right now because the stuff you got in that bag. I said, Bill, I'd hate to see that happen to you. I said, Bill, I said, you don't, don't, don't let that stuff destroy you. I said, man, Bill, I talk, gave a little bit of my testimony. And I get on track, gave it. I said, man, Bill, we'd sure like to see you come to our church. I said, will you come visit us, Bill? He'd say, you'd let somebody like me in your church? I said, oh, yeah, Bill. I said, we'd love to have somebody like that. I said, you're the kind of people. I said, we'd love to have you come visit our church. I said, our people would be glad to meet you, Bill. And so you pray for Bill. I'd like to see Bill come, come visit. But, you know, people need to know, hey, listen, whosoever will uh, may come. Whosoever will may come. Matter of fact, I think uh, 
Patrick or somebody says something to Amy, she texts me about, you know, he, now he said, oh, maybe I don't have the right clothes or my clothes are dirty. I said, listen, a lot of times we're dirtier than our clothes. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of times we're dirtier than our clothes are. So <laughs> put those clothes on and, and come to church. Amen. You know, you might come look in a suit and, uh, and, and be dirty, right? You never know what's going on in somebody's heart. But we need to let people know that, hey, great or small, uh, we're not a respecter of persons. We want to be around everybody. And then it says there that he read. Who read? He didn't have something. The king read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. Amen. He had a, a king was willing to. That shows humility in a king and a leader. He is willing to take the lead and set the example that, hey, I as a leader, I'm, a man, I'm going to be a man of the book. Amen. And that's the tone I want to set for our church, our, our, our nation, our house, whatever. Right. Setting the tone by with the word of God. And then uh, notice uh, verses uh, 31 through 33 again. It says, and the king stood in his place. And made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul. Whoa, isn't that the greatest commandment? Right there. To perform the words of the covenant, not just to read them. He said, listen, what I just read to you, amen, we need to put feet to these words. We need to put feet to these principles. And he set the example, right, of the covenant which are written in this book. So what we so he here he is. He made his public, he made his testimony public, and then notice this, and then he caused all that were present. It says he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. So what he do as a good Christian leader, you right, he made his testimony public and he influenced his followers or those under him to do the same. Boy, that whatever uh, position uh, you have, I realize it, 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 on a job you got to be, you got to know where that line is, and you gotta, you gotta be careful. But you can, you can, you can have uh, that uh, uh, testimony. I have a, I have a picture in my, uh, in my office I found recently, I'm, and uh, it's from uh, way back, uh, probably 1988 or uh, 89 when I was still in the military. And I went to a, a preacher's a bit, a, a, a men's retreat. That's what it was, a men's retreat in Germany with Preacher Iverson and some men of the church. And I got this sign I'm holding. It's a big blue sign. Now, and now the sign says, because we changed a couple words, says, uh, praise the Lord and pass the word. But actually what the sign actually said was praise the Lord and pass the ammo. And, I, and, and my platoon gave that to me. We were out doing some training and my and you had to have a motto when you when you were out uh, uh, doing some training. You know you had to set up your tents, and then you had to mark. You know by by company by platoon. So we were third platoon, so we had to have a marker where third platoon was, and then we had to have a motto for third platoon. And so my company made the motto for our platoon: "Praise the Lord and pass the ammo." And uh, and then uh, when that exercise was over, they held a formation. And they, they gave that to me. Amen. So they, 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 uh, so that's the type of, and I, and I give the Lord the glory for that, but that's the kind of testimony the Lord allowed me to have in the military with my people that they even made the motto that, and then they presented it to me after the thing. Right. And so of course I did my job 
But of course, anytime I had opportunity, uh, witnessing to people. But listen, uh, uh, when we have the, uh, when we ha- God gives us opportunity to be leaders on the job or whatever it is, right? Do what, make sure you're doing your job first, right? If you're supposed to be running something down the line or driving a truck, you know, don't run late because you're witnessing to somebody. You understand what I'm saying there? Do your job. Then that gives you the right when you have downtime, if you will, amen, to be a witness because somebody know that you're a good example on work in that area and make your testimony public and then influence others the same. You see, this is a leader that had a, again, had a great positive influence on his nation and people. And he, so he had a great uh, influence on his people and the nation. But notice this. He was king. But he didn't just have a great influence on them because of his position. Though, of course, that mattered. Of course, his position mattered. But I don't think the reason he had a great influence was just because of his position. But it was more, I think, if you read through here, as we'll see, it was more about who he was as a person. It's about who he was as a person. So let me say this. Hey, I hope that, uh, I hope that God uh, allows you to, 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 to move up in your job. You can become a manager. If you became a CEO of a company or something like that, or you have some great position or in, in, uh, in, in politics, wherever, that, that's great. But I hope the reason, the main reason you have influence in people's lives is not just because you're of your position. Your position might open that door. But I pray that whatever your position, the main reason you have influence in people's lives is because of who you are as a person. Because who you are as a person should sit higher in people's eyes and heart than your position, right? Who you are as a person should raise higher than that position. And if, you, if the position is higher than you, who you are as a person, (laughs) then you know what that means? You have some work to do. (laughs) You have some work to do on your testimony and influence if if your position has more influence than your person. Now, we realize position gives that opportunity to have influence in those people's lives and opens the door for that. But after you've been there a while and people got to know you, hopefully, right, it's more about the person you are and the testimony you have than simply the position you have among those people. We want our person to be higher than our position, whatever that might be. And look, what have we seen in politics? Because the people haven't been very high in some of the positions we've seen in our country. What do we say? Well, at least still honor the office. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't have to say that. Well, at least honor the office. Why? Because we feel like we can't honor the person. So we got to say at least honor the office. Well, hopefully we, we, we were able to honor the office because of the testimony of the person in it. That's what we want. Amen. And the person is above the position. And notice uh, in what it says in verse 33, and Josiah, I'm only going to get through the first point here. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel again and made all that were present in Israel to serve and to even to serve the Lord their God. Lord, give us a leader like that. Notice this, all his days and all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. So he kept that testimony 
all the days of his life. May that be our prayer, that God would help us keep that testimony all the days of our life. So it's obvious, obvious as we read about Josiah, he had a great love for God. He had a great love for people. And therefore, again, that's why he had great influence in their lives. Notice uh, quickly some of the things mentioned here in chapter 35. We didn't read it, but let's look at some of the verses here in verse 35. Again, verse 2, what it says. Well, go ahead and read verse 1. It says, Moreover, Josiah kept the Passover on the Lord in Jerusalem, and they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priest in their charges and encouraged them to, to the service of the house of the Lord. Now, this is the king. He could have delegated somebody uh, to do that, and uh, he, he would have had every right to delegate somebody. But it says the leader himself encouraged them in their service. He wanted them, amen, he, he, took, he took personal uh, 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 responsibility to make sure those that were in places of authority under him to encourage them. Amen. That they were serving the Lord and that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing in their service to the Lord. So important. Amen. To encourage uh, others in their position. Listen, why? Because he just didn't want to say, well, look at me, man, I'm right with God. And, you know, hey, everybody up this way. No, he wanted everybody. Right. He wanted to have a good testimony and he wanted everybody within his realm to have a good testimony. Again, why? Because we're not here to compete. We're here to complete. We want everybody in the church to have a good testimony. We want these children, as I've said before, among their peers to have a good testimony. We want, we want God to get glory in everybody's heart, in everybody's home, in everybody's life. So we encourage everybody, amen, uh, to have a good walk with the Lord. And that's what he did as an example. And then notice verse 3. And he said unto the Levites that taught all Israel which were holy unto the Lord, put the holy ark in the house which Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, did build, and it shall not be a burden upon your shoulders. Serve now the Lord your God and his people. Now we know it was their job to, uh, to carry it around, but here he says, listen, go ahead. God's provided a place for it. Why don't you put it there so it's not a burden upon your shoulders? So you see, he cared even while they were serving the Lord, he cared about their welfare. He cared about their welfare, not just their spiritual welfare, but obviously even, you know, carrying that around. I don't know how old they were, but even you could say they're physical. He didn't want them. He wanted them to do their job, but he didn't want any excess burdens upon their life if it wasn't necessary. He cared about their, the welfare. And so, listen, we need to care about, we want to care about people in every aspect of their life. God cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about your spiritual. He cares about your physical. He cares about your financial. He cares about your domestic. And that's the way uh, we do. That's why we want to pray for everybody in those areas. Listen, uh, I just don't care that you, uh, you show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Of course, of course, I want that. But you know what? I care about what's going on in your life on Monday. We need to care about what's going on in each other's life on, on Tuesday and, and these needs. Well, you know, um, um, I don't want to hear about that person need a need job. I just want to know if they tithe this month and if they're giving the missions. How's that sound? Doesn't that sound real nice? That sounds pretty wicked if you ask me, right? No. Uh -uh. Uh, but right? No, we want to care about 
everyone, and he cared about all aspects of their lives. He said in verse 4, And prepare yourselves by the house of your fathers, after your courses, according to the writing of David, king of Israel, and according to the writing of Solomon, his son. So he said, prepare yourself. He said, listen, that's what we want. He said, make sure, amen, you know what you're doing here. Make sure you're prepared for this. In other words, we're not just doing this to go through the motions, right? Amen. We want to do this because we want God to get glory. We want our nation to be blessed. We want our people to be blessed. So we're not just here to go through the motions. Hey, listen, when we show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, listen, you've been working all day. I know it's not easy. You got a lot on your mind, but say, we need to pray, Lord, please help me not just to be going through the motions. Amen. Hey, Amen. Even though it's a Wednesday night, every, every, you know, we think about preparing ourselves Sunday morning, you know, a lot of times, but listen, we need to think about even on Wednesday night, this service really no different than a uh, 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 Sunday morning. Lord, hey, listen, I'm going in and I'm worried and Lord, prepare me. I don't want to just be going through the motions. Then he says this in verse six. So kill the Passover and sanctify yourselves. And what? And prepare your brethren that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And so see, see how that's going down. The king, right? The leader, encourage those at a leadership position in that area. And they said, listen, I'm encouraging you to do it and to be blessed. And then you know what? Encourage those that I don't see. Hey, and, uh, and that's what we should, when we come in, hey, listen, they go around. He says, hey, when you get to the temple, hey, get things ready, be prepared. Let's do it right. Let's not just go through the motions, but hey, check on your brother. Go by and encourage them. Say, hey, man, let's do this right. Hey, let's do this for the Lord. Hey, let's have a good service night. Hey, let's sing these songs out. Hey, uh, let's not just pray going through the motions, but hey, as, as, as the one up there is praying, let's all pray together. Let's, let's all of us take these requests for the missionaries and these requests for one another's needs. Amen. Let's be in this thing together, right? And encourage one another that we would all be an active part of it. And notice here, notice a key word in these next few verses, verses 7, 8, 9. Notice how verse 7 start out, and Josiah what? Gave. Who gave? The king. The leader gave. And then notice what you see after that, and it tells everything that he gave. He gave to the people, the flock, lambs, and all, for the Passover offering, for all that were present, to the number of 30,000 and 3,000 bullocks. These were of the king's substance. So in verse 7, what? He set the example. So then what do you see in verse 8? And the princes gave. And the princes, do you think if the king would have said, well, listen, I'm the king, you know, listen, do you think the princes would have gave as much? And his princes gave willingly unto the people, to the priests, and the Levites, Hilkiah and Zechariah and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God. Look, they gave unto the priests of the Passover offerings, 2,600 small cattle and 300 oxen. Then it goes on and says, Kaniah also and Shemaiah, and Nethanel, his brethren, and Hashabiah, and Jaleel, and Josabad, chief of the Levites, gave unto Levites for Passover offering 5,000 small cattle. And then you read through them, what do you see? You see, gave, gave, gave. It starts off at the top, and it just goes on down through there. Gave, gave, gave. Why? Because the leader set the example. Amen? Everybody should set an example. A lot of times uh, on Sunday morning or some of the Sunday mornings, uh, uh, either either Robert or Seth will bring the offering for their family. And I always say to them, man, Robert, you're doing a good job. You're setting an example, Robert. You're setting an example. 
And so what a wonderful uh, thing that is. We need to set the example and teach others, amen, that they would follow the example. And we're all getting, again, we're all getting in it. Here, they not only got in it spiritually together as they encouraged one another. The king said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be right with God. And I'm going to I'm going to do my position right. Then he went to the next level. I want you to be right with God and I want you to do things right. And then encourage those around you to do that not only not only in the spiritual, but we see that also in the financial. Each one encourage one another and in other areas, they encourage one another. They set the example and others gladly followed. So here's what we see. Everyone was in the proper place doing their proper thing. And that's all God wants us to do. Whatever your position, he just wants each one to be in their proper place, doing the proper thing and being a blessing and encouragement, amen, to one another and thereby the whole body, the whole group, the whole church, the whole nation, whatever the case may be. But it began with Josiah taking the lead and doing it right. And so what was the result as we finish up here at the end? Notice verses 17 and 18. And the children of Israel that were present kept the Passover at that time and the feast of unleavened bread seven days. And notice this great testimony they had. And there was no Passover like to that kept in Israel from the days of, notice, from Samuel the prophet. Neither did all the kings of Israel Keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. Amen. And what was the Passover? Well, listen, what do you think, when you think of the Passover, what do you think over? Well, of course, you think of Calvary. You think of Calvary. That's what it was all about, right? When I, where do we see that statement? When I see the blood, I'll pass over you, right? Is that Exodus 12 when they, where they instituted uh, the Passover? Right there. And it says, look at this. Ever since then, there was not a Passover like Josiah's kept. And the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel that were present and the inhabitants of Israel. Why was there not one uh, uh, like that kept? Right? Because it wasn't just the king that was in on it. It wasn't just the priests that were in on it. It wasn't just the Levites that were in it. You know, that was the, well, that's their job, right? That's their job. It was everybody got in on it. Right. So you say, oh, man, it'll never be like in David's day. Right. I mean, you know, in Solomon's day, he was the wisest. Listen, no, uh, they skipped right over David. They skipped right over Solomon. Oh, yeah, David. Yeah, he won some great wars. Oh, Solomon, man, he has a great wisdom. But, man, you want to talk about a Passover. Woo. You're going to have to get down to Josiah. You want to talk about a meeting. You want to talk about, amen, getting with God. Oh, man, that Josiah. Now, he's the one that did that right because it wasn't just the leadership. Amen. Everybody got in. So when you think, oh, well, you know, ah, David and Solomon, man, that's been generations ago. Oh, the best is behind us. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. The best wasn't behind him right there. Josiah says he had the best over. And so we look, you know, uh, yesterday, uh, was it Monday? Monday or Tuesday, Monday, I think it was Monday. Uh, I don't know if you know that Sister Pitt, she, she watches an elderly man. I mean, how does how how she, you know, and then uh, she watches an elderly man and uh, he turned 103 on Monday. The guy that she watches turned 103 the other day. So she asked me to go by. And so, man, I went by. I wish I could have stayed longer. And many, he said, you'd never know this guy was 103. He was sitting there telling me stories about when he was a kid. And listen, he told me about how he got saved. 
He's 103, and he was giving me his testimony. He said, oh, yeah, years ago, Oliver B. Green and some, some other preacher, man, a great revival, a great awakening came through here in Greenville. And uh, he said, he, you know, he walked the old sawdust trail, as they called it, and he was telling me about getting saved uh, way back then, right? And he was 103, and he was still excited about me. You know, uh, Sister uh, 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 Pitt uh, told me the other day when she was talking to him about me coming by, you know what his, one of his questions was? Uh, is your preacher one of the ones that wears a tie? Does he still wear a tie? <laughs> you know, I thought that was, I thought that was a, a, a kind of, kind of funny. But, uh, but you know, I mean, you know, he, he, but he's looking for the old time way. He said, "Hey, is there any preacher still doing it the, uh, the old time way?" In, in 103, and he's still, you know, wanting to hold the feet to the fire of the preacher. Man, I, I mean, I, I went to encourage him. He encouraged me, and uh, got to pray with him. But. Uh, what, and his wife, his wife, had unfortunately, just passed away less than two years ago. She went to the hospital for something. And unfortunately, she caught COVID, and she passed away at 100 years old. And, uh, but just, a, just an amazing story, just uh, an amazing testimony. But, you know, we think, oh, yeah, Oliver B. Green used to be here in Greenville, and this person used to be in Greenville. Oh, listen, listen. Hey, thank God. Thank God for those memories. Thank, I mean, just like Israel, oh, thank God for the memory of David. Thank God for the memory of Solomon. Hey, but you know what? Hey, listen, maybe we're not going to be a David. Maybe we're not going to be a Solomon. But, hey, we can be a Josiah, right? So to speak, in that sense, we can still have great meetings. We can still have great togethers if it's not just uh, the leader in on it, if just not those, you know, the, de- the leader, and the pastor and the deacons on it. Amen. But if we all say, hey, you know what? Let's all just be sold out to God. Let's all get it on this thing. Let's all, amen, uh, be the type of person we need to be. Amen. Have a heart for God. Have a heart for people. Amen. Let's be, let's, let's be, what kind of church you got? Oh, we got a charismatic church. I thought y'all were bad. Oh, no, not that charismatic. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. We like people is what I'm saying. We like people at our church. We like to see them walk in the door. Amen. We like to be a blessing to them. We like to be an encouragement to them when they come in the door and we want to set a good example. Well, that was point number one. So we'll, we'll stop. We'll, we'll stop there. But uh, <laughs> only got 10 more to go. Amen. And if y'all don't mind staying up till midnight and then we'll fellowship a while like they did in Acts 20. But, uh, but you know, what a wonderful thing that we can look in the word of God and say, oh man, what, what type of leader should I be? Well, right there's a good example. Doesn't matter what your position is, if you want to know how to be a good leader in that position, well, Josiah just set a good example for you. You want to know how to be, uh, how to be, hey, how can we be a good church? Well, Josiah and them just set a good example for us, right? So, you know, we, you know they, could have just, they could have just spent their time talking about David. They could have just spent their time talking about Solomon and, and a few others. But they said, well, hey, all that's good. All that's good. But you know what? You know, this is our generation, Josiah said. Amen. And we can still, amen, do something big for God. Let's pray.